0: Uh, can I uh, just introduce some people in the audience that are related to me? Um, my son-in-law, Noah. You guys seen okay. My daughter, Esther, who's just moved up to Kirksville. Last and then Sarah's back up top. Yeah. And then there are two guys we meet on Wednesdays, um, and I coerce them into coming with me, David Izigi. yeah, and Isaac Logie, yeah uh I think Sarah spoke a few weeks ago. may have showed family pictures, but um this is my wife Jenny and I we've been married thirty three years um, and and God has miraculously held us together. Um, and if you're looking for a mate, find somebody who's who's running harder after Jesus than you are <laughs> and uh you'll never be you'll never be sorry. okay um, next picture. these are all my grandkids yeah right uh yeah yeah if you if you could just go straight to grandkids do it but you can't do anyways um (laughs) kids yeah these are our our 12 kids um on our back porch yeah um god has blessed us um we yeah so i'm I'm glad to be here glad to be back uh a little nervous probably um i'm just gonna pray now before we start yeah Lord, thank you. I think we will all testify someday of uh, your faithfulness, of all the times you carried us when we thought uh, there wasn't hope, or we thought, how are we, how are we ever going <laughs> to uh, do this next thing? But you have remained faithful. Father, even when we were faithless, you have been faithful. And would you draw near tonight, even in this time, but I, w- I want you... To get all of the glory that's yours <laughs> uh, for the things that you have done. Um, who Paul said? Who's Paul? Who's Apollos? Uh, we we just planted, we just watered, but you made everything grow. And what a beautiful thing you've grown, Lord. We just give you glory, and more glory, and more glory, God. And may your glory rest here in this place tonight. And may you be magnified. And may may faith be stretched. (laughs) May those in the room who are uh, wrestling with faith um, see a facet of you that they've not seen before. Uh, Come, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to do whatever you want to do tonight. And pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And I would also like to, ju- I just I owe a, a huge debt to the staff that are in the room. The ones that I know, there's some I don't know. So um, Stephanie and Keevan um, came to Kirksville years ago. I was telling the guys about we parked at the International House illegally and the right in front of the sign that says violators will be towed uh, <laughs> because there wasn't any parking over here. So anyway, but um, I was just telling them about Keevan and Stephanie a little bit and uh, their ministry but they came back from Taiwan. They were looking. And uh I was hoping they would land here. And they did. And Kievan was so good for me because I'm kind of a random person. You know, on those charts of, you know, organized dis I'm way over on the disorganized part, but but I'm a dreamer. I think could God do this thing? And and, and uh, uh, we would be at staff meetings like, oh I think God could do this thing and we we'd be talking about things and Kievan at the end of the meeting would go, I I just have a question. Is that is that a suggestion? Or is that something you, you really want us to do? <laughs> but but Kevin was so good to help us put legs to things that we, we needed help with. Um, met Derek uh, when he came to school here, was madly in love with a girl in another school. And I remember a long drive to a retreat where we were just talking about this girl who just infatuated his heart. And he's just a, you were a freshman, I think? Yeah, and he's like, man, there's no way we could ever get married. It's da-da. And I just threw out the question, why not? Why couldn't you get married? Like, like in four years? No, why, why couldn't you? And know, we, we ended up having this dialogue. They got married the next year, I think. Anyway, but just <laughs> um But but he's Derek is a risk taker, right? Like and he's, and he's chased after God so hard and, and, and poured out I'm sure even into you guys that y- yeah, faith sometimes looks crazy, right? Yeah. And Reed and Leanne, Leanne helped us. First, you know, and then we got to meet Reed and so many nights we spent what used to be, or maybe it still is Derek's office, but we would just sit up on Wednesday nights after this was all over with three or four guys in a room and, and just talk, kind of bare our souls and this is what we need. And, and sometimes they cross-pollinated and said, dude, I think you need to change this. And it, sometimes we left angry <laughs> at each other, but having that iron sharpening iron was was so huge to have brothers who would look into your soul and call you out on your BS at times, and just, you know, be real and be honest with you and help you grow, but yeah, and then Brian Treshinger, he's no longer working here, but has been a, a long time friend, yeah, you yeah, whatever that is, He's no not clap anymore, yeah, woo, anyway, yeah, but, but Brian, woo! yeah, Brian. yeah, but just really thankful for Brian's friendship in, in many long journeys, yeah, thank you. So I came to Truman uh, in the fall of 1979, years ago. Okay, it was Northeast Missouri State at the time. Um, I came here because my older brother and my older sister came here, and uh, I was scared to death. I mean, I, I, gr- I graduated from a high school of 34 in my senior class, and uh, it was a farm community. Um, and there was, uh, <laughs> uh, it, I mean, Kirksville was the big city. It was. I know you yes there's laughing right, but it was it was the big city, it was a metropolis, and it was a college town, and there was there were college things happening and I moved into Missouri Hall and I found out within day one that my my r a was was selling marijuana if you wanted marijuana and i was I was freaking out, you know i was um so what what have I done? where am i at and uh and I get invited to a bible study, and it at that time the c c f house wasn't the CCF house—it was a, the old White House on the corner. Was was a house where they met, and this new guy, Mike Hardy, was starting his first year here. And I, I remember going to the Bible study, but I was afraid to carry my Bible, right? Like you know, like I was one of those Christians. Like I went to church, but I didn't ever take my Bible, and I would open it up at times, and and I was really, I really wanted to know God, but I, but I grew up in a church where nobody a disciple, or nobody would would pour into you, and so. For the first time in my life, somebody met with me weekly. <laughs> and I remember week three or week four, I was, a, I was the only guy at this Bible study with seven other girls in a room. And, I, and, and they asked me to pray out loud. <laughs> and i never prayed out loud before. I was like, oh. and everybody bows their heads and you can't, you know, you can't renege. You're like, mm, you know, and I just, Bleh. you know, it's okay. And, and, and I finished and I was like, was that okay? You know, it's kind of like what everybody else says. Um, but that was kind of where I came from. Um, that year, the Lord, a, as I looked into his word, the Lord just started dealing with my heart. These things that I had, had wanted slowly lost their luster. And there's a verse in 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25, and Peter's actually quoting Isaiah and he, when he says, All flesh is like grass, and the glory of man, or of flesh, are like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And then I realized <laughs> I, I couldn't wear my high school letter jacket. I real, you know, like I, all of that thing is all that stuff is just fading and, and it fades fast. And, and there was something about just knowing God's word that, that that became this hunger for me and I just I just wanted to know more about it. Um, Started my third semester here and, and another verse popped up. It was Galatians two twenty, where Paul says, oh, Galatians two twenty, says, I have been crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives me. And and Jesus was taking me on this journey, even though I was a, a I would consider myself a Christ follower, I hadn't fully died. To give him everything. And that whole that, that, that whole semester, he it was just wrestling of Joe, will you give me everything? Will you will you just give me everything? And and I I I did. And I quit being, you know, I quit pursuing being a veterinarian and I transferred to a Bible college so I could could learn more. And God just kept taking me on this journey. And He, he just kept filling me up. And and the more I ate, the more I wanted, and and the more I realized I'm I'm so hungry for you, God. I, can you can you give me more? <laughs> And he did, and and I got plugged in, you know, working with a, a small church for, with a youth youth ministry, and started overcoming some of my fears. I actually, I had to drop out of a speech class because I, I stuttered and I was freaked out to be in front of people. <laughs> but God wanted to use me to speak. Isn't that crazy? The very thing I wouldn't want, you know, like to do, but God does it. Um, finished Bible college, and the position came open to come back here to, st- it was still Northeast Missouri State at the time, to work in, it work with the campus ministry. And I could have given you probably 100 reasons why I was not the guy, <laughs> right? I, I don't know enough, I'm, I'm 22 years old, I, I'd be the only guy on staff, like wh- what is, like this is crazy, but they picked me, and they asked me to come and work. And that fall, um, in 1984, they uh, bought what is now the campus house, and b- downstairs, there were five apartments for guys. Upstairs, were was five rooms for girls, or there were five girls that were put upstairs. And I was supposed to manage it. I lived in the basement and had to manage this house. Um, and it was just a crazy group of students, right? They were, it, w- it was a small group of about 15, 20 students, and we were, I, I was trying to figure it out. And I, I, I was working nonstop, trying to, trying to disciple people, trying to teach, and I, I felt so ill-equipped. Like I, I remember just, just crying out to God. God, I, I don't know what to do. Now, what's now your prayer room over there was my office. And in so many nights I would sit in the office and I would just like behind us was the Sigtaw House or you know fraternity row was back and I, I would just hear all the parties at night and I just would just I just cried out to God, God, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want to do here? Can your kingdom really come here like it is <laughs> in heaven? And and, and at times I just would just weep. And it was about year two, year three, that I was, I was in there just, just praying. And I had, and I don't talk about this much, but it, it was almost like a vision where I saw heaven opened and I saw these boulders stacked up on each other. And, and, and it was like this invite to come up. And so I just climbed up these boulders. And at the top was this huge rock with a little light coming out of the side. And then I wa- it, was, it was like a stadium. And I went in the door and it, it, was, it was like heavenly worship happening. God was in the middle. Jesus was at his right hand. And there was, there was just like stadium, you know, seating. there's like tons of people. And there were angels flying everywhere. And I just snuck in the back. And I, I was just watching. And then everything stopped. And, 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 and Jesus pointed at me. And he goes, Joe's here. Joe's here. And everybody looked at me. And I was so overwhelmed that I, I just wanted to duck down. <laughs> It's like, no, no. Like it, it was it was it was the most overwhelming thing ever. And in the Lord, the Lord was like, just just say, I see you. I hear you. Heaven hears you. And it, it was the most inspiring <laughs> vision I've ever had. But it gave me emphasis. It just it helped me realize that the love of the Father for me. Like I, I was trying to minister out of this, giving away, giving away, but but I, I didn't realize how much he loved me and how much heaven cared about me. Does that make sense? And, 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 and it changed everything for me. It helped me to pray with faith. It helped me see Christ in other people. And, 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 and things just kept growing. 1988, um, I married my wife, Jenny. Um, we moved out of the Christian campus house, um, thank the Lord. <laughs> like, we, we had our own house and, and began, um, yeah, trying to serve God as a family and and I you know yeah I d- I'm, I'm gonna write a book someday about why you should have 12 kids because it's it's amazing they, they are blessings they are amazing blessings that God gives us and he he puts them in your life <laughs> and, and you have no idea <laughs> what to do with them but he puts them in your life to to love on them uh, and, and to 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 see His love, so many nights I would, I would be rocking a baby and just thinking, just sensing, the Lord, going, yeah, that's how I feel about you, man. I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. I said, yeah, but Lord, I'm not, I'm not doing ministry. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. That's okay. You just you just need to be right here. I got gotcha. you. And He was He was healing me, <laughs> healing my heart. And through the years. <laughs> Um, we continue to do to do college ministry. And, and I think um, I- if there's a testimony, it's a, that God's not finished yet. <laughs> that, that he is working all things together to, to even shape you and me. That, that he wants his Holy Spirit to have full reign of who you are. Um, if, if I were to draw a blob for you, right? And 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 inside the blob is a, is a little tiny spark, right? It's a little tiny speck. And we'll put a little cross in that little spot, right? And this we'll say that's what Jesus does when he comes into you, right? And most of the blob is your own flesh, right? Your own self-will, your your own desires, your own evil desires. That that as Christ lives in you longer, he and his spirit get bigger and the blob gets thinner and thinner and thinner. <laughs> and and that, that, that he is taking us all to a place where, where we're like, okay, <laughs> okay, Lord, I, I give you more. Okay, Lord, t- oh yeah, I've been holding out on that. Lord, take, take more, take more. And, and I think the story of the last 12, 14 years since we've been gone has just been a journey of me discovering how beautiful it is to continue to be madly in love with him and to give him more territory and and just to watch and see what he does. There there are verses that that still pop up. Like one of the verses that I'm just fascinated with as of late is where Jesus promised, when he was talking about sending the Holy Spirit, he said, greater things will you do than I have done. And unless I go, this can't happen. Does that rock your world at all? That, That Jesus said, through you I will do greater things. And I, I know that God God God's taking care of all of my salvation stuff, right? But but part of the potential lies on us, right? And my yieldedness to the Lord and what he wants to do. And and it's a fascinating place just to be, be in a place with, with with open hands to say, Okay, Lord, take me. <laughs> take me and use me. Last summer I went to Africa and got to I thought I was going for a wedding, but I ended up speaking at some churches there and got to meet brothers and sisters who are refugees who have been supplanted from the Congo, Tanzania, Uganda, and have all landed in Nairobi. and And a lot of them we we exchanged phone numbers and have been talking back and forth. and And it's it's interesting in a in our first world country <laughs> to be praying for things that that you know that are going on. Like dad, play, you know, dad, would you play for my pray my my play? Like Judah just finished being in, in you know, in a high school play, and, and j- yeah, that's great prayer request, right? But but another, we, we just found out about some widows, some young widows in Nairobi, that that if they don't get help, their their only alternative uh, for money is to sell themselves for sex, right? And and y- and you're like, uh, oh, Lord, that's that's kingdom stuff. What c- what can we do to, to make a difference, right? And, and their Monday night group play, like the guys are like, let's 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 do it. It's two hundred dollars a month, but let's do it. Let's let's provide the money so that they have these widows have, they have lodging, they have food, they they're able to take care of what their kids need, so they're they're not forced into that play. When place when when Jesus said, uh, in, in Isaiah 50, sixty one, there's this prophecy about, about Jesus coming. He said that he he came to announce good news to the poor. Good news to the poor—that when His kingdom comes, the, the poor will see that as good news, right? And it's not good news if you don't have food, right? It's—it's it's not good news if—if if, if your only alternative is to—to to sell yourself for sex or sell your child away. For, like it's—that's not good news, is it? But—but but when the kingdom comes, Jesus said, it, it's going to be good news for the poor. <laughs> that they'll look and see, oh my goodness. That's, that's got to be the kingdom. That's look, look what the kingdom people are doing to be a part of our lives. And, and I think o- over the last 14 years, the Lord has just continually put us in the place of connecting with, with the poor in, in really awesome ways. One, one of the Bible studies I lead weekly is at a, a place called Paquin Towers in Columbia where there are 200 people who live here with disabilities. And they're, um, they're the most beautiful people in the world. Uh, Michael a year and a half ago, had this, <laughs> uh, had this encounter with the Lord. Michael is 56, 57, and he, he, was, he was high, he was on drugs, and he couldn't breathe, and he was just crying out to the Lord to save him. And for two days, he had this encounter with, where God came in and, and healed his body, uh, revealed to him his love. And Michael is this changed, crazy 58-year-old who, who goes everywhere sharing his testimony. Hey, you want to hear what Jesus did for me? <laughs> like, so he's in this place with, like, with two hundred residents and sharing his testimony about what Jesus has done for him, and it's it's crazy. And we, we just read through a gospel and we just talk about who Jesus is and what he's done, and and it, it's it's just awesome <laughs> to see the kingdom coming to this place. Like, everybody gets their paycheck on, or they get the you know their government check on the third of the month, and there's there's marijuana, there's all kinds of stuff, crazy dark stuff happening, but but the light's coming to this really dark, sad place that, it, that it's good news <laughs> that's coming. Last Friday, uh, we were there, and we were just finished up the Bible study, and a man came up, and he, he was like, you're, you're Michael's pastor, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, hey, would you come up to my room and talk to me when we're done? And I go, okay. <laughs> and so I went up to his room, and he goes, hey, uh, I'm dying of cancer. I, I might die soon, but could you baptize me? I, I I I've always wanted to do it, and I I'm, I'm just really deeply convicted that that's something I need to do. I need to give my life to Jesus before I die. Oh, I was like, that's what we're praying. We're praying over this huge tower that Your kingdom can come. And here's this guy who's like, Hey, you know, could could you <laughs> could you do this? Greater things will you do, Jesus said. than then I have done. Ah. Uh, that's my story. Um, I, yeah, I just want to bless you guys. And I, I guess I, I feel like I also want to challenge you a little bit um, to, uh, it, it comes from Paul's letter to Timothy where he just said, Timothy, I, I, I want you to, to fan into flame this gift that was given to you through the laying on of our hands. And and Timothy, young man, young person like you, um, had gifts. Um but but Paul said, Timothy, I I don't want you just to you know just to have a flicker. So Timothy, I I want you just to fan that baby up, you know? <laughs> take the take the leaf blower, you know, put put it on there, put a little kerosene on that baby and just just blow up, right? Fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. Would you would you pray that? It's a dangerous prayer, but, but just say, Lord, I, I want you to fan into flame this gift that you've placed within me and see what happens, <laughs> to, to see what he does. Yeah, great Greater things will you do than, than than any of us will probably ever do. Who knows where he'll take you? Who knows what he'll do through you, but just to fan into flames. yeah. Can I pray for us? Jesus, we are, we are indebted to you. Thank you that you loved us so much, that you looked each of these young people in the eye. He said, "Look, they're here. They're here. Stop. That <laughs> this is my daughter. This is my son." Jesus, thank you that you have brought them here. Thank you that you've placed them in community. I even thank you, Lord, that some in this room are thinking about spring break trip, <laughs> and whether they'll go um, sacrifice a week um, to grow. I, I just, w- I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to move them, move the mountains out of the way that those things could happen, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you um, to fan into flames uh, this gift that you put inside of us. Don't, don't let our faith grow lukewarm don't let us just settle (laughs) uh, for the mediocrity of our world or or the comfort gods. But Jesus, we want you um, to fully be enveloped into our lives, doing all that you want to do through us. We bless you and ask you to do this, Jesus, by the power of your name, by the power of your blood. Amen.